Welcome to Jen's Lore Corner, a podcast focused on the lore in the Diablo series of video games. This is Jen, and you are listening to Jen's Lore Corner. This is episode number 15. This one is called Anu and the Angels. In the previous episode, I talked about Anu and Tathamet, who started out as one being in a pearl. Eventually, the being split into two, and the two sides fought against each other until they managed to kill each other off. Here's what happened to Anu after that. The best source of information about this story is the Book of Cain, which is a book that Blizzard produced with all kinds of lore and great art, and from the viewpoint of Deckard Cain himself. It's really fun. Check it out sometime if you get a chance. The part I'm going to focus on in this wonderful book is the part specifically about what happened to Anu after Anu and Tathamet managed to kill each other. According to the Book of Cain, Anu's shining spine spun out into the primordial darkness where it slowed and cooled. Over countless ages it formed into the crystal arch around which the high heavens took shape and form. Though Anu was gone, some resonance of it remained in the Holy Arch. Spirits bled forth from it, shining angels of light and sound, who embodied the virtuous aspects of what the One had been. Yet despite the grace and beauty of this shining realm, it lacked the perfection of Anu's spine. Anu had passed into a benevolent place beyond this broken universe a paradise of which nothing is known, and yet represents perhaps the greatest kept secret of creation. Longed for, but unimaginable. So basically what Deckard Cain is trying to say in the Book of Cain on this particular part is Anu was the one in the pearl. Anu is genderless, so they split into two parts. Anu and Tathamet, and I'll talk about Tathamet in more detail in the next episode coming up. Anu's spine fell, and that's what formed the high heavens. But their spirit went on into another world that Deckard Cain and all of the other scholars of Sanctuary, I suppose, uh, don't really know anything about. So that's how the high heavens got started. It was made out of Anu's spine. The High Heavens consist of a shining city, a crystal arch with uh, Anu's essence sort of embedded within it or made from it, and a lot of angels. Some of these angels include the Angiris Council, and I'll talk more specifically about them in an upcoming episode. For this one, I'm going to just sort of talk about the angels in general. The first thing you need to do in order to understand what the angels are are in the Diablo universe is to cast aside all of the religious concepts you may have from the real world. The Diablo game has its own different religions in it that some of the different character classes and NPCs believe in and follow, but the angels and all of those other religions don't match to anything in reality. 
They're fictional religions, possibly based on bits and pieces of a variety of religions that exist. In the Diablo universe, angels are not considered to be good. They are not specifically a force of good. Instead, they are a force of order. They want to keep order. They want to keep things the way they've been, the way they're used to, the way that makes sense to them based on how they're created. And the way they're created, as I briefly kind of touched on in this episode a little bit earlier, is through the Crystal Arch. In the Book of Cain, the Crystal Arch is described this way. If the ancient accounts are true, the Arch hums with a remnant of Anu's essence in a sublime chorus that permeates every corner of the high heavens. Luminous bands flare off the Arch in perfect synchronization with its music, occasionally manifesting as new angels. So angels are made of a specific sound wave that comes from the Crystal Arch. They don't have a need for a body or a face or a gender either, but within the game, they definitely have specific voices that you can interpret as male or female as you choose. But other than that, the angels are basically one piece. It's not, you know, an angel body wearing armor and holding a weapon. The whole thing, the armor, the weapon, the angel, are one piece, one unit, one being. And they're made up of a sound wave. In addition to that, they are also made up of light. It's a particular wave of light that comes from the crystal arch. Luminous waves of light flare off the crystal arch in perfect synchronization with the music that it produces, and that's why the angel's wings look like beams of light instead of feathers. Now, this doesn't mean that the angels don't have any physical form at all. They have to have some to some degree, but it's not like anything the mortals have on Sanctuary. It's different from that. They definitely, the angels, definitely have a form that they're using, a physical form, to fight against the demons in the eternal conflict. It wouldn't be much of a battle if the angels were just not able to cause any physical damage because they didn't have any physical presence. That would end the battle pretty quickly, I would think. So when they go into battle, they don't pick up their weapon and put on their armor and suit up and rush out there. All of that is just there. It's just them. That's who they are. That's what they do. It's all one piece. So another thing to know about the angels is they are all interconnected. They seem like different, you know, separate beings, and in some cases they kind of could be considered that, but they're all interconnected in a way nothing else in Sanctuary or in the Diablo universe is. Each one is a sound wave, but all the sound waves come from the Crystal Arch, so they're connected through that. The Book of Cain suggests that the only time the Crystal Arch will birth new angels is during moments of perfect harmony. This is going back to the concept of order. Everything has to be in order in the high heavens, ideally in sanctuary itself, even before they knew about it, um, and within all of the angel individuals. So if they're all kind of getting along well and keeping order with each other and keeping the order of doing the eternal conflict battles, everything's good. And the arch can produce more angels, each of which will have an individual sound wave and an individual wave of light as their being. Balance is another key important factor for the angels. It's not the same concept of balance that the necromancers have for very different reasons, but it does involve keeping things balanced and keeping things in order, which kind of fit together when you think about it. When you think about sound, one cannot have harmony. 
without at least two parts that are balanced together to form one sound. If you're confused by what I'm talking about in that, go listen to some of the early Beatles songs and the harmony that's in that, and you'll get an idea of what I mean. So in this way, the angels have to be in balance with each other and keeping order with each other, right down to like their very being of that part of them that is a sound wave in order for it all to match. The angels in the Diablo universe are immortal, but kind of not in a way you might expect. They don't actually live forever and ever. Uh, They're not mortal. You can't kill them like you would a mortal in Sanctuary. But they can be killed. Otherwise, the eternal conflict wouldn't, you know, work out very well. Some of them die, essentially. But they don't really go off to wherever Anu's spirit went. Instead, they go back to the Crystal Arch and their sound wave and their wave of light that made them up can essentially sort of be recycled and made into a new angel with those particular characteristics. Now, if one of the Angiris Council dies, then theoretically, following what's in the Book of Cain, uh, a new angel would take their place that would have that sound wave and that wave of light, maybe not the same personality, it's hard to say, but it would take on that aspect of Anu specifically in order to be on the Angiris Council. I'll go more into this later. I know it's a little weird and confusing, but this is the Diablo universe, and what can I say? It's a lot of weird. It's a lot of confusing. It's a lot of strange concepts sort of meshed together. That in itself, though, isn't so strange, because you think if you think about the real world There's a whole lot of things dealing with science and philosophy and religion that kind of get meshed together in different ways as people try to understand the world around them and what might have happened before the people were here. So it's part of the creation myth of Sanctuary. The difference is, as a player in Diablo, in some of the games, you can actually interact with the angels to some degree uh, at different parts of the game, especially in Diablo 3. It's a big thing. You talk to Tyrael, you talk to Imperius, you talk to the rest of the Angiris Council in different parts of the game, and most of this you have to go through story mode in order to interact with them. So that's what the angels are, and that's kind of what they're about. They're beings of light and sound. They need to be in order. They need to have harmony. They need to have the balance of all of that. And they strive to make this exist, this type of synchronicity, throughout the Diablo universe. This, as I'll get into in the next episode, explains why they are fighting the demons who are none of the above of those things at all whatsoever. It's a complete opposite concept. So what happens if something occurs and the angels in the high heavens and fighting the eternal conflict wherever that battlefield may be taking place at the moment, are out of order. They're not meshing well, they have lost the balance, they're not really working well together anymore. What happens then? Well, in that case, if an angel were to, say, die on the battlefield of the eternal conflict, their energy... Their particular sound wave and light wave that is connected to them that makes them who they are individually would go back to the Crystal Arch. But the only way to get a new angel to have those characteristics recycled in some way and brought back as possibly a brand new being 
is to have everything in order. So if the angels, theoretically, and I'm kind of guessing here based on everything I've read, if you've got the angels in a situation such as when the Black Soul Stone was in the high heavens and things were getting corrupted and the angels weren't meshing well, they weren't working together, and some of them were just plain missing for one reason or another, they would be not having order anymore. They wouldn't be having balance anymore, and they wouldn't be getting any new angels. And that could be a big problem if you happen to be part of the angels and you are interested in continuing to fight the eternal conflict against the demons. And this is the second part of a little series I'm doing within Jen's Lore Corner about the very early concepts of what the Diablo universe is all about and how the story goes and why they're fighting and all of that good stuff. In upcoming episodes, I will discuss the Angiris Council. I will discuss Tetamet and what happened to him after he died and what happened to his body after that. I'll discuss what the Burning Hells are and how the demons were formed. This brings us to the end of this episode of Jen's Lore Corner. Find more episodes on Book of Jen at bookofjen.net.